0: All right, you are listening to Rocket Shop Radio Hour here at Big Heavy World. I'm your host Abby VK and with me today is my wonderful co-host, I'm Keegan Lafferty. And here in the studio we have Fern Maddie. How are you doing, Fern Maddie? I'm
1: doing great.
0: Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, so we had last seen you at least I had at the Venetian Soda Lounge back like a couple months ago. Yeah. So how have you been since then?
1: Good. Yeah, I've been playing a few gigs, nothing nothing too um Serious, but working on uh, producing some demos for some uh, new recordings. So yeah,
0: very exciting. Well, we usually like to kick things off with a song. So what have you got to begin?
1: Yeah, this is a an unreleased song, one of those uh, demos in progress, and uh, it's called Red Sun. <clears throat>
0: Fern, Maddie, thanks so much. That Thank was beautiful.
2: You.
0: Thanks. Any questions over here from Keegan? I'll pass the mic.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, um, kind of about your musical history. Um, when you started playing music and songwriting and singing, and kind of where that development, um, how that took place.
1: Yeah. So um, I was I was raised in a very um, uh, creative family. My dad was a, um, a composer, a pianist, a songwriter. Um, he and my mom actually wrote musicals together that I, like, performed in when I was a child. Um, so, like, singing and piano and guitar, all these things started when I was pretty young. Um, but I didn't really discover uh, traditional music, which I was, you know, for those who can't see, I was just playing the banjo. Um, yeah, I didn't really kind of fall in love with, with trad as a, as a musical cultural until I was uh, a teenager. Um, and I actually started with the fiddle and kind of, like, tried to learn Irish fiddle, which was very challenging. I love Irish fiddle music. I yeah, I'm not a fiddler. I haven't really <laughs> kind of uh, developed that skill as as well as I could have. But I picked up the banjo and found sort of like Appalachian old-time uh, traditional folk. And yeah, then that kind of circled back around. So i you know, played guitar when I was a kid. Then I sort of rediscovered my love of music with the banjo and then, uh, that's when I sort of found my songwriter voice and then brought that back to the guitar. So now I play the banjo, the guitar, I play a few other instruments, but um, yeah, that's when I started writing songs, was, was coming from that, that uh, traditional balladry sort of uh, genre and, and riffing off of that and then finding my own voice in response to it.
0: Have you had like specific folk artists that kind of inspired you once you were kind of getting into that genre? Because it's really interesting that you didn't really start out in folk.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, definitely, like, from, you know, kind of the, the, the folk revival of the, the 50s and 60s, there's, like, Shirley Collins and uh, Dave Van Ronk. Those are two who have been really influential for me. And then also just kind of, like, folk artists that are working today in the um, field. I'm, I'm really inspired by a lot of artists who uh, make music out of England and Ireland. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of influences, yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And you had toured around, I remember having a conversation with you, like, the last time that I saw you play, and you toured all around Europe, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, just, just the UK. The UK. Uh, yeah, would be great I was to go close. I was No, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was in England, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, which is still part of the UK. Um, and yeah, that was kind of a dream come true because that's sort of a lot of those kind of source material that really inspires me is is the sort of English, Irish, Scottish folk ballad tradition. Um, and my music found an audience there, and I got some good press there, so I was able to go on tour there. So that was a really full circle moment for me,
0: yeah. Totally. And in terms of where you're kind of headed now, I know you were saying that you've been gigging around. What have your performances looked like as of late? Like, where are you playing and how's that been?
1: Yeah, uh, mostly New England stuff, kind of one-off stuff. Um, I am kind of woefully bad at booking. It's not my strongest skill as a musician. So, um, you know, I had the, the, the privilege of working with a booking agent when I was in the UK, which helped that process a lot so here i i played at the radio beam recently i also played a, a gig down in uh, northampton at the parlor room that was a really lovely show um a small venue um yeah those are kind of the last last couple gigs i've had yeah
2: gotcha um i'm interested in more about the lyricism side of your songwriting and kind of where you find inspiration for lyrics
1: yeah um so i really i i my writing can often be kind of repetitive like I, I part of the reason why I mentioned sort of writing songs in response to traditional balladry is that there's very there's a very kind of structure to traditional ballads. they have um verses that are often kind of repeating motifs or um you know telling a story in a very sort of specific way, like um you'll hear the same sort of little. Like, like actual, you know, lyrical motifs reused over and over again. Um, so, for me, when I write music, I find I'm, I'm very much in that same structure. It's actually. It's sort of hard for me. I, I see people who write just like such amazing, like form lyrics over like really, you know, complex chords, and I'm like, my brain doesn't work that way. I need like a lot of structure to to find the rhythm, um, and usually it comes from from the music. So I'll I'll start with a chord progression or a riff that I just like play over and over again until like I'm sort of in some sort of kind of trancey space, and that's when usually when when lyrics start to come to me. Um, yeah, so it's usually music first lyrics and then I'll sort of sit down with the lyrics and, and finesse them on their own terms, like I'm writing a poem and then bring that back to the music and try to make it all work together, yeah.
0: Totally. In terms of Red Sun, were there any specific inspirations with that? Because in my brain that's, like, quite a quite a visual, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like, sometimes I definitely just kind of... Some songs are like, you know, oh yeah, I was working on that song for like six months and, you know, I kept coming back around to it. I have one that I'm, you know, right now, I'm like, I know the song's in there. I'm still carving away at it. And then some songs are just like, I don't know, I was just like playing the banjo that weekend and there was a song. And Red sun was definitely one of those. And it was, I, I actually wrote it the week I released my album. So it's obviously not on the album, but it was kind of like, it sort of came out of, I think, that feeling I was in of like... This is scary, and I'm not sure how it's going to be received. And, and that song isn't about art. It's sort of it's more about the way I think of that song. is It's 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 a very like future focused song. I'm like kind of thinking of the future of of the world and like what that looks like and my my fear about that, my grief about that, also my hopes for that. Um, so yeah, I I I can't tell you. I don't know where all those, <laughs> those lyrics came from. They sort of just arrived. I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, nothing wrong with that. And sometimes you might figure it out later down the line. You never know. Yeah. Sure. Well, we would love to hear another song. So, what yeah. have you got for us?
1: I'm gonna just switch to the guitar. Uh, this is a song that I did release on Ghost Story, the most recent album, um, and it's called Catherine Wheel. Just adjusting the mic.
3: Think it will make the whole world
0: Maddie on the beautiful
2: acoustic guitar there. Handing it off to Keegan. Any more questions? So I noticed you were playing that song with a pick that I believe is usually used for a banjo, right? Or is that? Um, it's like a thumb, it's pick. Like a thumb um, pick. I think it, it yeah. can be
1: used. It's like, you know, attached okay. to my thumb. Got yeah, it. Definitely people do use yeah. finger and thumb picks on the banjo. Um, to play to play three finger banjo the way like it. I try to explain it to people I'm like it's the banjo style that goes dun 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 dun, dun, dun yeah <laughs> yeah which is not actually a <laughs> style of banjo I play I play more okay. um, uh, claw hammer banjo which I'll play a song that's kind of all claw hammer banjo later and you'll hear that okay. um, that's a slightly different style so but I have I have adopted the thumb pick for some of my guitar playing because it's it yeah a little extra.
2: I haven't seen that before, yeah. so I think it's. I think that's really cool, and I guess it just made me think about how, kind of playing multiple instruments, how um, they cross over with each other, and how they influence your techniques and kind of your creativity. If yeah, you notice definitely.
1: that, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I was explaining the clawhammer banjo style. So, um, banjo is a is an African American instrument. Um, was kind of the ancestors of the banjo were brought over by enslaved peoples, and then it sort of uh, evolved into the instrument we know today in the the South um, th- through the legacy of slavery. So it has quite a, a complex history in that way. And and claw hammer, um, which is kind of striking the strings with um, with with the, uh, your nails. Um, and then using your thumb as kind of a little rhythmic bouncing motion. That is that is very much a traditional black style of playing the banjo. Um, so I do use that style, and um, you know, with, with gratitude and naming where it comes from. Um, and I have also transferred that style. This isn't something I invented. This is lots of people do this. I've all I always use that style on the guitar as well, um, but it does require retuning the guitar because. for that sort of rhythmic strumming pattern to work you have to have the instrument in an open or close to an open tuning um, which the traditional guitar tuning isn't isn't that open tuning so uh, I'll play a song next that has um, it's it's a claw hammer guitar song I have to retune the guitar and um, yeah you'll see that style that I've used on the guitar so I definitely like kind of jumping back and forth sometimes when I'm writing songs if I'm like stuck I'll be like okay let's arrange this song on the banjo or the bazooki or whatever else I have lying around and see if that you know sparks any new connections so definitely the multi-instrumentalism is something I I kind of identify with in my music
0: yeah super impressive so in terms of the current project that you're working on and the new songs that you've found that you've been writing Do you feel like you're gravitating toward one instrument? Is it a mix of kind of all, like you're saying?
1: It's a mix of both. Um, uh, It's interesting because my first record was an EP and that was very much kind of banjo led. And then my record, Ghost Story, uh, was a full length album and that was very kind of guitar led. Um, And now, this new album, like I kind of, it's like half and half of like which songs are really sort of you know, the bass track is the banjo or the, or the guitar, and then I always add other stuff on top of that. Um, but yeah, I, I like playing, I like doing that in a set. Like, I, I really, something I really foster as a musician is, is a variety in my live set. Like, I want my songs to sound different. I want each one to sort of be a new experience. Um, and that's definitely something I've had to kind of practice, because... Uh, you know, when I st- first started gigging in that way, you switch to the banjo and then you're super clumsy on the banjo because you haven't been playing that for the set. So, yeah, I've been trying to foster that for sure.
0: Yeah. What are your, like, aspirations for this new project? And, like, what is the kind of overlying or underlying concept behind it, too?
1: Sure, yeah. It it It's a kind of the, the highest kind of concept project I've done, for sure. The last two have kind of been like, oh, yeah, this is a collection of songs that is about something, whereas this, I'm like, no, like, have, this has a thesis statement. I know <laughs> what all the songs you are saying. So um, it is also, a, you know, uh, I, I do also perform traditional songs, so I'm not performing those tonight because the ask was for originals, but um, most of my repertoire is a combination of traditional ballads that have been kind of reinterpreted by me and then original songs. So trying to find a kind of a collection that that says something I want to say, which is... Um It is about sort of like uh the future and my future and my feelings about the future, and um like the feelings that arise when you realize that like we're living in an uncontrollable world and and things are are out of our control, and how do we kind of cope with that feeling um, and so each of the songs is kind of about a different way of of. Of sort of coping with that. So there's some songs where the, the singer is, is like totally like kind of self deluding or like, you know, avo- avoiding the question by going into sort of different uh, emotional states. And then there's some songs that are just kind of about rage or about loneliness or about joy. So um, I've tried to kind of create a different emotional landscape for each song that's creating this picture.
2: Very cool. <laughs> That's really cool. So when you um, say kind of your thoughts about the world, um, do you mean uh, are the songs more lyrically focused on kind of your internal experiences or kind of like general things that are happening?
1: Definitely internal. I I don't. I don't see myself as being a very uh, good, like topical songwriter. Like a, it's very huge part of the folk tradition, which is great to like, you know, talk about the unions or talk about this specific thing where you know you're talking about a specific court case or whatever. Um, I love I love that type of songwriting, but yeah, I definitely kind of try to um, work a little bit more in a metaphorical realm where you can sort of project what you are feeling onto it, whatever that is. It's not necessarily about a specific... Uh, I would say, with the caveat that on Ghost Story, there are definitely a few songs that are, like the one I just sang, which kind of has a historical setting that I've set it in mm-hmm. and you know has, has characters that I've written it about. Um, uh, but yeah, going forward, I would say most of my songs are more personal on the new album and yeah, kind of about that personal experience of becoming.
0: Yeah. So when you're playing covers that obviously aren't songs that you've written, how do you feel like you kind of make them your own? I know you said that you sometimes like reinterpret certain things, whether that's in your playing. Can you kind of explain that and expand upon that?
1: Yeah. You know, I. it's a fine line because you know there's there's lots of debate in the folk world like as a as a subculture like some people really don't like that sort of meddling approach there you know there has been a lot of meddling there has been a lot of people changing songs and then sort of passing that off as as like a a pure form of the oral tradition which there's naughty questions about what is the oral tradition. Obviously it's always evolving. I think it is harmful when you know people are taking sources from oral cultures, changing the songs, and then obviously acting like they haven't done that. So I always try to make it clear like, yeah, this is my edition, I wrote this verse, I changed this sort of, I do a lot of gender changing um, n- because I'm, I'm gay and I want to write songs that are about queer experiences and sort of project those experiences back in time because you know we don't have a lot of songs that are explicitly about gay people in the past, but we know they existed and um, so that's one of the ways that I sort of try to massage songs into, into new shapes um, without sort of changing the, the bedrock of the song. But then in the production uh, realm as well, I, I'll often add like some electronic beats or just sort of fun experimental stuff that shakes it up a little bit.
0: Gotcha, I love that. Well, we would love to hear your next song and yeah. take us through the retuning yeah. that you have to do as well. I will. Uh, only somewhat more.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been playing this guitar in, in standard tuning so far and then I'm going to tune it to an open G minor which I play in a lot. Um, just has a really sort of nice, smoky sound to it. And I usually, when I'm on stage, try to to tell some sort of winsome anecdote while I'm tuning to (laughs) keep the attention of the audience. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, I can give a little introduction to the song, um, it's called Two-Faced, it's, it's actually pretty much mostly produced, I've been recording it with um, Peg Tassi, who's a local musician and now producer. That's not right. Sorry. So, excited to release it one day when we have the rest of the songs also recorded how albums work that way. And yeah, I would say this is one of the more personal songs, but but hopefully in a way that is easily easy to identify with with anything and everything that may be coming up for you in your life too.
3: Trying to play the part All the worry, there's enough to...
0: Maddie. remind me of the name of that one again? Two-Faced.
2: Two-Faced. Awesome. Thank you. That was great. Um, I want to know more about your recording and production process, if you have any collaborators that you do that with, um, kind of how that works and your experience with it.
1: Yeah. Um, so my first two records I uh, co-produced with Colin McCaffrey, who is a you know very well-known uh, musician in his own right, songwriter and a producer um, down near where I live in Plainfield. I live in Montpelier. Um, and so that was a really great process. That was sort of kind of the first time I'd been producing music, and Colin was such a sort of mentor to me and and uh, helped me learn so much. I did some of the recording for Ghost Story myself at home, so I would, like, go home, Uh, with a mic he lent me and um, you know record some bass tracks and do some of the editing myself so I was sort of learning those skills and then bring them back into his studio and he would help me uh, you know mix them and and get them really smooth and then we would add other instruments some of which I played many of which he played Um, but that was kind of mostly the band was just the two of us Um, and so now this this next album I've I've been working with Peg who is uh yeah she's she's working in Burlington now too and um, that was sort of a, a different experience because we brought a lot of musicians in for Two Faced so the the recording of Two Faced probably has like I don't even know eight or something crazy amount of musicians on it um, which was that's fun but it has all of its own challenges in its own way. Um, So going forward, I think I'm going to do a little bit of a mix where I sort of have, you know, my tracks that I do at home and sort of finesse. I definitely like, um, I found that recording on my own, um, like recording itself is often part of the songwriting process for me. Like I find new arrangements when it's on the computer and I can edit it and I can see like oh I I wouldn't have even written that little line but now it's here on the recording so sometimes I like to to front load some of that work myself so I sort of have the shape of the song in its digital form you know before I'm spending time in the studio which is costly so um yeah it's sort of a mix of, of many different processes in development always.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of wondering back to what you were saying on having a set structure and sort of a, a thesis of sorts that you work with to, I guess, make your songwriting process maybe more organized. So I'm wondering, do you, do you find that you write songs specifically to kind of fit that structure, structure or a theme that you already have in mind? Or do you find that you just write songs and then through another type of vetting process, you can figure out which, which songs go on what project?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have... Like, for the first two projects, I feel like I was like, okay, I have a collection of songs I'm ready to record. And I didn't necessarily have that vision from the beginning. Um, every time, though, once I start recording, like, one or two more songs will just sort of, like, volunteer and be like, yeah, this is, this is, we need one more here to, like, round this out. And then I sort of, you know get a vision so like in retrospect I can say North Branch River my first record is very much about sort of like talking about being in relationship with the natural world and sort of like different landscapes that have inspired me and then Ghost Story my second project is like very much about about ghosts about speaking like being in relationship with the dead like my own personal dead the kind of like historical and cultural dead like those sorts of inherited stories which is what Folk music is right there we're getting those from from dead people um and so yeah so now I would say this is the first time I've been like I'm really trying to be intentional about this um and they're they're like in this next project there was a song where I was like hmm like there's something missing like I need like there's some sort of like emotional experience that isn't represented here and then that sort of directed me towards the type of song I wanted to write but Generally, it's the other way around. The songs come first and the the sort of structure comes later.
0: Gotcha. Very cool, the evolution of that, that it's kind of the process has changed throughout the different projects.
2: Um, So I'm wondering kind of what you have upcoming, what we should be looking out for in terms of releases, shows... um that's anything. a great
1: question. I don't have I don't have anything. I was thinking about that for yes. you like, nothing to promote right now. That's great. No Just worries. When I'm going on the radio. Um yeah, I don't have any I don't have any shows up coming right now. I you know, I'm kind of trying to focus the winter on recording, so but that's awesome. that's also not something that's imminently being released, probably maybe this time next year we'll be releasing an album. But um nice. maybe sooner. I don't know, we'll have to see. But yeah. Uh yeah. You can you can, you know, follow me on Instagram and uh you know, those sorts of places to see what's new on yeah. my radar.
0: No rush with these things, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are coming sort of to the end of the show and you've kind of already begun to do it, but if you do have any other platforms that would be helpful to share with listeners about how to support you and how to promote your music.
1: Yeah, um I'm, I'm Fern Maddie, that's Fern Like the Plant. M-A-D-D-I-E. Um, and that's sort of like my name everywhere. So I have a YouTube channel where I post some live performance videos, um, some videos, you know, like Two Face, there's a video of that up there. So if you wanna hear that song again, even though it's not out in the world yet. Um, and I'm also on Bandcamp, which is a great way to support artists, um, either by buying the digital tracks or, or the merch, um, you know, even if you use Spotify, which I also do. Um, yeah, so you can find me in all those places.
0: Everyone, give Fern Maddie a follow on all those platforms. And what is the fourth song that you have for us tonight?
1: Yeah, I'm
0: um, just going to grab the banjo.
1: So this is a this is a bit of a throwback to my first record, North Branch River, um, which I mentioned before. Um, and this is the title track. It's North Branch River, which uh, is 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 a river. Um, it's sort of, you know, I live in. Montpelier now, which is the Winooski River, but the North Branch goes into the Winooski River from the north, um, and it's where I was living. I was living on, right on a tributary of the North Branch River when I wrote this song. And it's sort of kind of taken on a bit of a new m- meaning now because uh, local from were know know that, that we had catastrophic flooding this summer, um, and Montpelier was flooded by the North Branch River and the, the Minooski River where I live. we am still recovering from. So yeah, this song is
0: about that river. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It was Thank a pleasure you so having you. Thank
1: you for having me. Lovely production you've got here.
0: Yes, please let us know whenever you know your next projects are out, and come back on and play for us again. I love that. But uh, as for now, this has been Rocket Shop Radio Radio Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Abby Bk. And I'm Keegan Laverty. And we will be back in January with some new guests on Rocket Shop. So stay tuned. And we wish you all a very happy new year. Have a great night. And thanks so much. Woo-hoo. Woo. Yay. Woo. Well. Yes, Keegan.